From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on December 1st, 2023 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. We're not in our normal studios, so we apologize in advance. Yeah, no laughing, 18. They can hear you. (laughs) This episode features a trip on the campaign trail to Bluffton, South Carolina, where we catch up with former Governor Nikki Haley and hear from the people who attended her record-setting rally on Monday. We look at developments in her campaign, including a major endorsement and her new ad campaign up in several early voting states with just six weeks until the Iowa caucuses. Did I mention the lead is going to be on the ground in the Hawkeye State? Well, we are, folks. You're going to know more about Iowa than you'll ever want to. But those caucuses, January 15th, kick off the race to the White House, which goes right through New Hampshire, Nevada, and then... South Carolina. That's right, folks. We're going to be there. We're going to be taking you all the way through. Well, not Nevada. Anyway, happy December. Santa is watching. And 2024, like we said, is right around the corner. Tell us what's in and more importantly, what's out for 2024. We need to know. Crocs? What Crocs should we wear? What are you looking forward to in the new year? Holler at us. 803-563-7169. Call. Santa's watching, like I said. Or if you want to donate, 1-800-256-8535. Call or you're scared. Thank you. They can hear you. Let's start on the campaign trail. <laughs> Just kidding. You thought we left. We never got off the campaign trail, folks. You hear Howard Dean? He's driving this train. That's right. Now, first up, former President Donald Trump made his fifth appearance in the state on Saturday. No, it wasn't for a rally, though it may have been orchestrated to look that way if you look at the photos. No, rather, it was for the Clemson versus Carolina game at williams Bryce Stadium on November 23rd. Yes, when it's Carolina's home field advantage, you're going to get some sandstorm, folks. And don't tell me to come up to Death Valley because I've already been to the real one. In Baton Rouge. (laughs) Okay, now I hope our Clemson people are still listening. You know I don't care for sports rivalries. However, I do care about some political rivalries. And that's what was at play here. Trump was the guest of the first statewide elected official to endorse him back in 2016. That's right, our governor... Henry McMaster. Carolina is also the governor's alma mater, whereas Clemson is the alma mater of Trump rival and former governor Nikki Haley. See what I'm getting at here? You see this? You see it? Putting this together? Now, Trump did not make any remarks at the game. Rather, he arrived in his motorcade, briefly tossed boxes of popcorn to a crowd of folks on the concourse, and then went to the governor's box until halftime, when him and McMaster took about a two-minute long stroll around the field before the bands played, and then Trump rolled out. Take a listen to the reception they got and judge for yourself. Now, I'm real curious to hear from the folks who shout, keep politics out of sports about all of this, right? 803-563-7169. Let us know. 
Now, there was plenty of video of Trump being booed upon arrival in his motorcade and also throngs of people who cheered him. There were also seven digital billboards throughout the Midlands, paid for by media attorney Jay Bender, that read, quote, You lost. You're guilty. Welcome to Columbia, Donald. Quote, While Trump was a guest of McMaster, that didn't stop Trump from sending out a fundraising email before the game mentioning when he hosted the Clemson Tigers National Championship football team back in 2019 at the White House. You may remember the photo of him standing in front of mountains of McDonald's food, yeah? Or as he said in the fundraising email, and I'm directly quoting this, quote, You may recall a very famous photograph that will be preserved for centuries in world history books, in which I welcomed the Clemson Tigers to the White House after they won the NCAA championship, quote. Now, that being said, the Gamecocks lost another Palmetto Bowl to the Tigers to the tune of 16-7. Haley, who was a Clemson alum and trustee, did not attend the game. It was, after all, in enemy territory. And just as a note from a, a neutral observer, a member of the media who's been to Trump rallies, that Clemson-Carolina rivalry, you better watch out. <laughs> now, while floating around on Saturday, I saw only a handful of folks wearing Trump attire, a few MAGA hats, a T-shirt with his mugshot on it, and outside of the stadium, a truck was riding around with Trump flags and one vendor was hawking Trump gear. Though Haley did not attend the game, she did have a bit of a cheeky go at the entire situation during her town hall turned full-blown rally at the USC Beaufort campus in Bluffton on Monday. And I'll remind you, and I want to be very respectful that we are on the USC Beaufort campus. How did it work out for the Gamecocks having Trump show up? Not so lucky for the Gamecocks, just saying. Go Tigers. Like we said, Haley graduated from Clemson in 1994 with an accounting degree and her MRS degree, having met her future husband, Michael, her first weekend at school. But let's stay in Bluffton. This was originally billed as a town hall and was set to be in a smaller venue until it was moved to the gymnasium in Bluffton, where a combined crowd inside and outside totaled 2,500 folks on a Monday afternoon. Yes, you'll say, well, that makes sense. She's our homegrown candidate. Yeah, sure, but this crowd size surpassed her February campaign launch in Charleston. The next closest crowd size was about 1,000 people in Myrtle Beach this past spring. Now, the energetic crowd was made up predominantly of retirees. Again, it was a Monday afternoon, after all, and was about 99% white. I spoke with several people, and each of them had either moved to South Carolina from up north oh. or had a second house here. How you doing? In fact, at one point, Haley even sized up the crowd by asking who had moved here after she got out of office. You can't see it or hear it, but uh, the vast majority of those folks had their hand raised. Data. Now, while this was a big turnout for Haley, it is still not on the level of Trump rallies. But remember, he's only had two rallies in the state this year. While Pickens was a wild time, estimated to be close to 50,000 folks, which is a number I still have a hard time remedying, even though I was there and I understandably couldn't see the whole scene, but he filled a block and a half within the security perimeter, so tens of thousands of people were there, safe to say. Also, since it was in Pickens in the upstate and close to other states, not all those folks were necessarily South Carolinians. That was also the first rally post-classified document indictment, and it was July 4th weekend. It was hot. It was very hot. Since we're having a measuring contest here, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has also drawn big crowds of 500 here, 500 there, and 1,000 during his first three-stop swing across the state. So you could say that Haley is actually catching up to where her competitors have been, which is happening at a critical time. 
Trump continues to bank on his substantial lead in the polls, a 30-point lead over Haley in South Carolina, in lieu of debate appearances and holding multiple rallies in the early voting states. While Trump's pollster said that a two-person race between Trump and Haley would increase Trump's lead, remember, that's also coming from Trump's pollster. Polls are a moment in time. Things happen quickly and in real time in politics. Got to listen to our SC 2024 episode on polls here. And remember, Hillary Clinton led Barack Obama by 20 points in the fall of 2007 until Obama won Iowa and the rest is history. Now, I'm not making any comparisons there, not to mention it's a completely, completely different political landscape from 16 years ago. But now I've diverged heavily here. Let's get back to this rally in Bluffton, where Haley played her greatest hits and continued to ramp up her critique of Trump, something politicos say she will need to do if she's to stand out. We have to leave the negativity and the baggage of the past and start looking at the solutions in the future. And the truth of it all, and this is another hard truth, I believe President Trump was the right president at the right time. I was proud to serve America in his administration, and I agree with a lot of his policies. But the truth is, rightly or wrongly, chaos follows him. You know I'm right. Chaos follows him. We had too much division in this country and too many threats around the world to be sitting in chaos once again. And let me tell you, America has an amazing ability to self-correct. Sometimes we have to hit rock bottom to know where up is, and we're there. The one thing I don't think we can survive is a President Kamala Harris. Foreign affairs continue to be a major topic on the trail, even though typically people don't vote on a candidate's stance as much as a candidate's personality, something people like about her. More on that in a minute. Now, Haley routinely brings up the threat of China, the spy balloon that was shot down off the coast earlier this year, the continued need to unequivocally support Ukraine and its fight against Russia, and now supporting Israel and its fight against Hamas. In a time like this, a president has to have moral clarity. You have to know the difference between good and evil. You have to know the difference between right and wrong. This is the time America has to get this right. We can't make a mistake on this. So what do I think we should do with Israel? Three things. Give them whatever they need, whenever they need it, no questions asked. Secondly, eliminate Hamas. Finish them. Finish them. And third, do whatever it takes to get our hostages home. Now, the other candidates have said, this isn't America's war, it's Israel's war. I beg to differ. 33 Americans were butchered on October 7th. There are American hostages there. This is personal for us. We need to get this right. I spoke with Vincent Francis Congelli, a Pennsylvanian who lives down in Beaufort County part of the year. He votes down here and not in the Keystone Swing State. He told me that he's been continually impressed by Haley's debate performances. 
Well, I was thinking Donald Trump because the world was a safer place when Trump was in office. And I was thinking DeSantis. I thought DeSantis was like a rising star, but he's kind of fizzled. But it was really the debate performance, the first two debates, where I saw Nikki Haley, and I really felt that she, uh, she just shined. I thought she did the best job of any of them. And Vincent also brought up Haley's consensus approach to dealing with abortion, something other folks mentioned. I think the biggest point was her common sense approach to abortion. You know, the Democrats have used abortion as this terrible issue, and she really, none of the Republicans want to talk about it. And she talked about it in such a sensible way, I thought, maybe we need some common sense in the White House. Um, And I thought she handled herself. She came across as a strong woman. She didn't come across weak. She came across, to me, like a powerhouse. She stood up to those guys. Those guys were trying to beat her up. She kicked right back. I was impressed. I spoke with Veronica Wetzel before the rally started. She donned a Haley 2024 hat that she picked up years ago on a sunny day. She supported Trump and said that her hat was meant to be something for after Trump completed eight years. But now she's locked in on Haley. Veronica also mentioned the threat of abortion tanking Republicans' chances in 2024. My, my biggest worry is, uh, is not addressing the abortion issue, which I think is going to tank our party. And she had the best thing to say about it uh, at the last debate, which is like, let the women decide. This is how I read it. Let women decide for themselves. She might be a pro-lifer, but it's not fair to impose that on every single woman in the country. So. I'd like to be stronger about that, maybe, and that would bring some more moderate voters in. Uh, you know, that, that's true, but she's at least made an effort to bring in the others. There are people like myself, I would call myself a moderate Republican. I'm more about uh, you know, uh, the border and security and the wars, and she's very good with international uh, studies. So. Uh, but. I think abortion is going to kill us if we don't really recognize it as a very important issue in the nation. But it's not a two-way race right now. With the likes of former Governor Chris Christie, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis all set to be on stage next week for the fourth debate in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, along with Haley. So what makes her different? Kelly Sell, who had moved from Illinois six months ago and was visiting her son on campus, said Haley is more relatable than someone like DeSantis. I don't find him nearly as relatable. So I like Nikki's, um, I like the way she comes across as a lot more genuine, a lot more, um, I think she comes across very intelligent, very well-spoken. Kelly, like the other folks I spoke with, also praised Haley for her understanding of international affairs, especially with so much happening on the world stage right now. Um, her stance on international politics, I like what I hear from her about um, relating to people, uniting the country again. I think she's not nearly as divisive as some other candidates are. We'll have more reaction for y'all from DeSantis voters next week since the two-term Florida governor is making a swing through the state. But momentum is slowly building for Haley, including a major endorsement from the billionaire Koch Brothers-backed political network Americans for Prosperity Action Group. You've probably seen their ads and mailers calling for a Trump alternative that can beat Biden, since polling shows Trump having a hard time doing so. That's where the group says Haley comes in, which is why they endorsed her and are putting millions of dollars, as well as 
thousands of man-hours behind spreading the Haley Gospel. The news was announced in an AFP action memo that read in part, quote, In sharp contrast to recent elections that were dominated by the negative baggage of Donald Trump and in which good candidates lost races that should have been won, Nikki Haley at the top of the ticket would boost candidates up and down the ballot, quote. The memo adds that Haley would win, quote, the key independent and moderate voters that Trump has no chance to win, quote. Of course, as we've routinely said on this podcast, Haley is more of a general election candidate. Primary voters are much different. More partisan, grassroots, activists. Now that's where this money and organizational might of AFP action is going to make a difference, they think. The memo adds that the group has already been speaking with millions of voters at their doorsteps and on the phone AFP Action has also been targeting a unique universe of voters who vote reliably in general elections, but not in the primaries or caucuses. The group has acquired the data and will encourage a significant number of these general election voters to vote in this primary. So far, enthusiasm to participate is far beyond what the group has expected. With the largest grassroots operation in the country and a presence in all 50 states, AFP Action's endorsement will put thousands of activists and grassroots leaders into the field with a focus on the early primary states, knocking on doors and urging voters to support Nikki Haley, according to the group. So stay tuned for a launch of extensive mail, digital, and connected television campaigns that will be coming to a TV screen and your mailbox very soon, folks. And just to note, the group has raised some $70 million, but has declined to say how much it will be spending on the race, per media reports. Following this major news on Tuesday, the DeSantis campaign, uh, you could say freaked out. They sent an email titled, DeSantis Campaign Congratulates Donald Trump on Securing Coke Endorsement. And a statement from Communications Director Andrew Romeo said, quote, Congratulations to Donald Trump on securing the Coke endorsement. Like clockwork, the pro-open borders, pro-jailbreak bill establishment is lining up behind a moderate who has no mathematical pathway of defeating the former president. Every dollar spent on Nikki Haley's candidacy should be reported as an in-kind to the Trump campaign. No one has a stronger record of beating the establishment than Ron DeSantis, and this time will be no different, quote, That's coming from uh, their communications director. And this also comes after major turmoil in the Never Back Down pack following changes to the actual campaign over the summer. A lot of infighting going on over there in the DeSantis campaign and its affiliates. So stay tuned. Now, this push from AFP coincides with Haley's $10 million ad buy hitting the airwaves in Iowa and New Hampshire with the hopes of growing her name ID and fueling a rise in the polls. While advertising is all well and good, in Iowa, it comes down to organizing. Primaries test vote-getting ability, whereas caucuses test organizational ability. Looking at you, AFP action. (laughs) Meanwhile, DeSantis is set to complete the full Grassley, named after Iowa Republican Senator Chuck Grassley, who has been hosting annual events in all 99 counties for 40 years. This signifies DeSantis' all-in approach to the January 15th Iowa caucuses. DeSantis is replicating a bit of Texas Senator Ted Cruz's 2016 strategy, doing that full grassly and having a strong ground game. Cruz won the caucuses in 2016 because Trump's people notoriously did not capitalize properly on his popularity through mailers, commitment cards, reminders, etc. These are all critical things when people have to go to a gym or a rec room and go to the corner of the room where their candidate surrogate is whipping up support. 
God, what a process. Say a prayer for me in January. There's a reason, (laughs) actually a few, that the Democrats are bucking both Iowa and New Hampshire, and whatever I just described is one of them. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're glad you're here. A.T. Shire, producer of the podcast, yes. the lead podcast. This one. I'm glad you're here. We're in the same studio right now, folks. You can probably tell. It's not right. Yeah, I um, did laugh a little bit during the show, and I apologize for yeah, that. Yeah, it's really rude uh, but not, and hard for me to concentrate when you uh, do that. Well, no, it's that's what you deal with every time. They just heard it. And we are, and being in the studio, it came with some baggage. Yeah. By baggage, we mean people. Yeah. Meg Kennard's here. She lives uh, here part-time. Hi. Yes. She, she comes over. She, she says, sublets. I'm a taxpayer. I want to see where my tax dollars are going. I'm going to come Fine, use my come in. Please stop yelling, ma'am. That's right. This very this nice. Is, thank you for sh- showing up, Meg. I mean, Meg. normally it's TGIF, and it's Grace. thank Grace. It's Friday. And it's sad to report that Grace is... Not here today. She's passed so on. Sad. She's, she's passed she actually, on uh, coming here. Just so today. that she... Did so-so on her LSAT, and she's applied for law school, USC oh, yeah. Law, so oh, yeah. let's all try and help Grace get in uh, USC Law. Good she's vibes. like, I have straight A's. I'm like, oh, you're, you'll you probably be fine. If right? anyone can I mean, write her a, a letter of rack, the lead. send it to the lead. Indeed. <laughs> the lead. <laughs> Just text it over to that number. Anyway, thank God it's Meg today. All yes. right. T-G-I-M-T. So, glad. <laughs> so uh, Gavin, I gave you a bunch of options of things we could talk about. Which one do you want to talk about in this wind down? Uh, you pick. Well, um... Let's start happy with the Christmas, and then we have some sort of like existential question that mm-hmm. we want to address. Yeah. Okay. So, Mike, <laughs> as always, as always, so, so we've heavy. we've moved into we've we're past the Turkey Day. Happy holidays. Okay. Day. We Goodness. can we can actually get into Honda Days like oh, America anyway. wants because no one cares about sign and drive. Sign and drive. So my question to you, Gavin, is Lexus to remember. Did you snoop for presents or not? <laughs> oh, were as you a kid? A, were you a snooper? Oh, that's how I discovered the magic of Christmas. <laughs> I like it uh, how it was as a kid as opposed well, to now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are reporters, <laughs> both of you. I used to hide presents for myself. <laughs> I mean, Meg has seen my office. It, there's, it's composting in there all the time. Clothes. Uh, I yes. look for my present in there. I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pull it off the shelf. I'm one of three. Three boys, boys in the house. But so, you I got mean, the podcast and they didn't. Yeah, so. well, like, you know, certain, <laughs> you can take that neck. He's like, you were kind of mean to me the other day on the pod. I'm like, shut up. Um, <laughs> That's my pod. But yeah, of course, we're always roaming around the house. You're poking, like, I would always poking in closets, looking through pockets, looking for loose change and stuff. So you're always looking around. One of three. Something's never changed. Finding an M&M. Yeah. And he also, carries the, the cheese logs in his Meg, pocket. Meg brought me a warm, a warm string cheese. Room temp only, please. She I knows my, um, only. She knows my, <laughs> my practice. But we also have a attic at my mom's house. You walk up the stairs like it's a full attic, yeah, a yeah, third yeah. floor. So that's where all the presents would hide because one fateful Christmas Eve night, we all stayed in one room. You know, we couldn't sleep and all that. So you're staying up to see Santa Claus. You'd always hear Naturally. The, the foots coming down. Reindeer. <laughs> you know, drunk parents coming down the attic <laughs> steps. And you're like, hmm, weren't some of those presents the ones that I spotted up top? Ooh. So, yeah. But I think I've shared this all the time, but one time Jay Jackson, I mean Santa, left oh. a uh, uh, forgotten gift behind on the roof. On the covered roof. Covered in snow. And it was... <laughs> 
500 piece Steve Urkel jigsaw puzzle that That's my father risked his life not once but twice to retrieve. <laughs> life <laughs> like, and oh limb. Oh my God. I, so and yeah, I, we were always snooping for the present. Yeah. Meg, were you Definitely. a snooper? Absolutely. Yeah? And I realized, you know, my parents always said, like, oh, we've got this closet and this is where we keep our valuables, right? Mm. We have like some silver and things like this. In I'd here. be scavenging in that closet. <laughs> well, it was locked. Okay. <laughs> and come to find out as an adult, I realized, yeah, sure, there were some nice things in there, but mm-hmm. that's also where all of my presents had been. They, and they kept it under lock and key. Lock and key. Smart. I guess wow. I somehow wow. <laughs> developed a reputation for being that kid that would just like scavenge through everything. <sighs> so they had to lock friends, it man. away. That's why you're reporters. <laughs> now we're just digging for details. <laughs> no, we're time. coming to your home and we're going through your pockets <laughs> and your seat cushions. What about you, AT? Would you and your brother scavenge? I was not a snooper. I didn't huh. care. I liked the surprise. Didn't like the to surprise watch. Is not fun. a watcher. I didn't care. I did. I, it's just a lot of work that I didn't yeah. want to put in. Leave the footwork. My brother, he snooped. Uh huh. I my, the biggest Christmas thing I remember with my brother is that like one year he was adamant that he saw Santa's foot go mm. past the window, and I was like, "No, you wow. didn't, Matt." And he was like, it. "Yes, I did." <laughs> I was like, "Matt, calm down." And he's like, "I saw the foot." <laughs> and my dad was like, "At, let him have it." And I was See, like, as an only child, I feel like I got robbed from these experiences because <laughs> it was just me. Like I had the cats, maybe they were with me, but yeah. otherwise, I'm so just then, a lone wolf. Who broke the news to you then? About the big guy. Oh, that I, would be the other Megan in my class. Ugh, in school. Oh, evil Megan. Other Megan. Ugh. Yeah, she um, she broke the news to all of us, actually. Oh. She, she ruined Christmas <laughs> for like when... <laughs> our entire class of maybe second graders. Oh, Megan, Parents no. were irritated. I, yes, I, I, that sticks with you. I mean, here we are. Here I, we are. I'm still talking about it. You know, almost 40 years old. And later. where's Megan? She probably, does, she probably does have a podcast. I was a little <laughs> bit. I was a little bit of a reporter. Uh-oh. Or at least a sleuth is Ooh. how I figured it out. Because <laughs> my grandmother, my grandmother would sign it from Santa, um. and then she would also write from Rena. And I would look at it, and I was like, "This is the same handwriting, handwriting. comparison." Yeah, I was like, "This is the same mm. handwriting." And my dad's like, "Shut, shut, 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 this place. He's like, shop, 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 shop. And then she gave you a Jaguar. Then she gave me a Jaguar. Oh, yes. indeed. Yes. <laughs> okay, AT, next up, your existential crisis. Okay, I wrote this one down, okay? And please call Moving in if right you're going along. through one. I don't really remember, like, finding out about Santa Claus. I think it just kind of happened. We're like, oh, you know, like you heard the parents coming on the stairs. You're like, oh, that's that's that. I Normally, mean, I, Nick didn't ruin it for us, so. I've heard that, like, the oldest kids yeah. have the hardest time giving it up, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know this, I'll have to ask my brother-in-law, but, like, apparently he had a hard time letting it go and was, mm-hmm. like, 12 years old. Well, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Which you know. is, it's, that's that's deep in that's yeah. in our house. In I have it. to say, like you know, with the older kids, I mean, they're several years older than Adair mm-hmm. is, and you know, there's the whole like stop believing, stop receiving. So mm-hmm. we've just we've still mm-hmm. got Santa play, Claus baby. coming to our house. Hey, I love that. I, me too. I just like I like the like standoff lie. Like they're they're just not admitting it to you, Unspoken. and you're just like, are you sure? Unspoken. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. You know, you see it at play because I see my brothers. My, my three nephews, and it's like, oh, you know, if it's, if you're not using the teacher as a threat to yeah. keep the kids calm, then Santa. it's like Santa. And Santa is like an still absolute to got to do that as long as possible. Yeah. I, I, I have a 19-year-old. Do... We're still doing that. <laughs> I'm going to write Santa right now. I'm going to write him, and right. he's going to find out. No no elf on the Cole shelf, in your stuff. Elf on the shelf is freaky. That's like uh, learn to live that's, in a police state in your home. We have Nick. Nick has been at our house now okay, for several days. Okay, my brother Nick, get out of Meg's house. <laughs> Please, Nick, stop hanging. <laughs> Hanging out with our Christmas decor. It's driving me crazy. Anyway, this next thing, 
It's it's, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that Meg's here because okay, <laughs> okay. So, Just for this okay, reason, well, for this this one right here, this one actually worked out perfectly because uh, I just came off from over two weeks straight of having guests in my house. Mm. Right? Brag? Not really. Not a brag at all. <laughs> Hotel. Uh, they uh, a lot of them do listen to this, and if you are listening to this. Hi, this, is you, this, this is about you. This is about you, and you'll know who you are. Uh, so, uh, so sometimes things happen to you that like rock your world. Mm. You know, Dude. they they just shake you to your core. Um, and one of the guests over that time was my best friend Matt. I'll name him. Who's Matt? Uh, I I've known him for almost twenty years. You know, we went to college together. He was in my wedding. That kind of stuff. And I found out that Matt exclusively wears toe socks. Oh. And oh. I was looking oh. at him, and I was like, "Is this a joke?" And he's like, "Oh no, there's no other way." Oh, and he only wears toe socks. My feet are cringing, and right I now. I felt sick to my stomach. <laughs> like, oh, I've let you into my home. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, I, he's walking around your time. home with the toes. With the toes, <laughs> individual. It's the o- individual right socks for the toe. <laughs> like when he read something he liked on Twitter, he'd go like, "Oh, <laughs> the little." Toe. Yeah, I mean, you I know me. You know me. I'm not wearing socks right now. My I'm not either. I, Meg's not either. Yeah. Uh, socks are prisons for as, the feet. As the, prisons as the, for the feet. The fashion council oh, for the pod. Socks are oh. only appropriate at the gym or if you have on yes. boots. Yes. Oh, like God. Ugh. I, just keep singing the praises. It, it has yeah. to, gets it. It has to be quite a fashion transgression for me to, to feel physically ill mm-hmm. by it. You know what I mean? As a croc endorser. As a man wearing a Michael Flatley's Lord of the, Lord Dance, of the Dance ill-fitting t-shirt, I mean, yeah, which I love. Like, I mean, we, we have that group chat, you, me, and Meg on yes. Instagram, and it's basically <laughs> just evolved into a footwear conversation. <laughs> and not in long, a fetishy weird way. <laughs> no, no, it's not, not. That's a whole separate one <laughs> that's on our social media. Uh, but no, we were talking about this, the new Louis Vuitton, like, Leg. Heel leg it's combo, leg. which has flesh color. I was looking at some more, flesh. you know, Pharrell Ugh. Williams is like their creative director right now. And yeah, I saw some yeah. other Very photos creative. from the runway, and there was a lot of socks and sandals going on with Louis Vuitton. That like, just hurts it's, I don't heart. understand fashion anymore. Meg was just over in France. I mean, she's our oui, oui. she's part of the, the council, oui. the fashion yeah. council. We we can come out hard against socks and sandals here, right? That's the same. Sandals, absolutely, absolutely. Hardcore socks and Crocs, though. Oh, I'm see, there. I just can't even get into the Crocs conversation. Mm. Right now. No, I understand. I don't want to get into it either. It's but too much. I I'm fine with socks and Crocs. I a Ugh. sock with a sandal, I'm not. I'm not into. Mm-mm. Like if how's thing. it go between your feet? You do. I will say individual toes. You look like a ninja. <laughs> When you get the the that's sandal why you, sock, that's why you need the socks cool. with like your buddy man. I don't like individuals. That. I feel like Gavin's come full circle. Right <laughs> He's into it now. <laughs> yeah. Stocking stuffers. That's all I'm gonna say, folks. <laughs> toe socks. Okay, if anyone is on board with toe socks, if you are wearing, if you are wearing toe, if you're wearing toe socks right now. You have to call. <laughs> we have to know. You're probably driving the car. You have your shoe off because you just want the freedom for your just toes. Just one toe <laughs> pressing down the gas. <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. The other ones are so comfortable, not touching anything. It's a, mitten, want, a mitten versus a glove. I, I mean, I want to see that happen, but then I want to be able to turn it off. Yeah. Anyway, uh, have a good weekend, Meg. Thank you for coming, Gavin. Oh, you're welcome. Say the outro, please. <laughs> Uh, folks, thanks for listening to the podcast. We always appreciate you. Even if you wear socks, even if you wear toe socks, it's okay. We're gonna, we're not going to judge you. We kind of are, though. Uh, leave us a voicemail at 803-563-7169 and defend yourself. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. 
What? No, not you. Yeah, I can hear you. No, not you. Gotta you got to mute. Stop. You, you got to you gotta make sure you don't make any little snide remarks. You don't talk. 